Let's get ready to. Welcome to Let's Talk Balls. Jordan Cuddy Buckets. Sports? Cat the Closer. I see something and I have to get to the. I have to get to the bottom of it. Hello, everyone. This is Papa. Golf is a very easy sport to nap through. You know, Man United or the Yankees, Liverpool are easily the Red Sox and or the Celtics. Might we say we had a ball? Good sports. At this podcast, we believe that representation matters, giving voice to the voiceless, that it is your body, your choice, that Black Lives Matter, that trans rights are human rights, that sport, whether played or with or without a ball, and fandom are for everyone. And we want to tell those stories. Hey, Chaff. What's up, Jordy Jord? I hated that as soon as I said it. <laughs> well, that's um, horrible. Jordy Jord. What's up, J-Time? Ooh, nice. Like winning time? Um, yeah, cutty time. Um, I'm realizing that we have an oversight in our intro. Tell me about it. Not that I want to start a a fucking bummer, um, but the attacks on the Asian community are disgusting and um, close to home here in in California. And we need another line. It's sad how, how many lines we need, but we need to recognize AAPI in our mm-hmm. intro. Yeah. That's a good call. Right? That's so, a good call. Let's rewrite it. Okay. Can you tell the producer to uh, make a to-do? <laughs> yeah, I'm writing it down right now. Tell producer oh, the to best. rewrite the intro. Um, okay. The producer, okay. This okay. just in the producer says that we will rewrite the intro. Okay. Cool. 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 I'm the producer. <laughs> okay, producer. What's the first topic? Because I am hot from sports this weekend. We watched, we watched very little TV, which I think we acknowledged on this show. But over the entire weekend, we watched one episode of Abbott Elementary, and yes. we watched the rest in sports. Are probably I don't know, hour and a half a day of TV. Yeah, and we did 15 minutes of you people maybe 15 minutes maybe i already forgot about that and um <laughs> i forgot about it after so 9 p.m 9 p.m that was a mistake i was already asleep honey ah that would that would call that would do it yeah you can't count the shows that we watch while we sit with our laptops continuing to work or scrolling uh you can't count all the uh guy fieri episodes th- of you name it we yeah, watched no, it. those don't count. Yeah, I think anything we start after you eat dinner doesn't count either. So that would be you people. So fair, fair. But yeah, okay, my eyes and ears are in my tummy. <laughs> all right, sports, sports. We watched this weekend. What's on your of mind? Of all the things I made this weekend, what was your favorite? She ignored my question and went straight to food. You made some delicious meals. And my favorite was the pork tenderloin with the chimichurri and the smashed potatoes. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And all yeah. to the pot pie. Yeah, that pot pie is still good. I wanted it a little bit more done on top. 
Like the crust? Yeah, the yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, it looked beautiful. It tasted great. But I remember when I burned the burgers on Friday. Those were hockey pucks. I do remember that. <laughs> but the pasta salad was a nice respite. Anyway, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The refs blew it by not blowing it or blowing it too hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I am picking up what you're putting down, unfortunately. I really wish, I really wish our, our five listeners could have seen your face process that. Yeah, it was a lot. My brain's still, still uh, in shock. <laughs> okay. The refs blew it by blowing it or not blowing it. And boy, did they. And they, they actually took accountability in the Lakers game. Let's tell the listeners what we're talking about. Was Rivalry? For me, I mean, I, I set you up. There was ellipses oh. there. Do you want to enter? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um. So this wasn't. Was it on Friday or Saturday? It was Friday. <laughs> okay. There was a game between the Lakers and the Celtics, and it was super exciting. It came down to the last plays. It actually uh, ended in overtime. But on the last play, the game was tied between the the Lakers and the Celtics. LeBron goes strong move. Four seconds left to uh straight to the board to shoot a layup and gets hit on the arm very blatantly by jason tatum no whistle time runs out goes to overtime the lakers lose it was very clearly a foul to anyone watching and they said it was a block by jason tatum so much happened here horrific (laughs) so much happened so then pat beverly grabs the uh photojournalist's camera brings it to the ref gets called for a technical as you know, he probably should, but I get it. Um, this apparently is like the fourth play that's happened to uh, the Lakers in the last, I don't want to say 10 days or 15 days. And it is totally unacceptable, especially when you're a team like the Lakers that need literally to win every single game. And I mean, especially a confidence booster, like playing their rivalry during rivalry weekend, um, the Celtics, which let's, we could also talk about rivals in in the nba like i'm not seeing them like they used to be franchise to franchise it's so much people to people and the beef they have with each other but i'll let that rest for another day um i was just pissed because like i i can't help but think about um when games end and they end in a way like that whether it's a ref thing or even I go back to the Ohio state game that they did everything right. And then botched that kick. Like I go to the game we're going to talk about later, the Bengals and the chiefs and the guy had that flag and it, it was obvious, but like his, his emotion and, and momentum got the best of him. Um, but I hate when games end like that. And yeah. it begs me to like, think, I mean, botched kick out of it. And what what role do refs play in sports? And what could potentially be re- replaced by technology mm-hmm. in the future? Um, I will say, I want to say one more thing about Lakers, but then I want to talk more about the refs. As a LeBron James fan who rooted for him for almost 10 seasons as a Cavs player, you would get down to the end of the games and, you know, they would be close, especially playoffs. And you've probably heard me yell at the TV. A lot. Go to the basket. Go to the basket. He's so fucking strong. And, and like, 
if he just goes to the basket, they're either going to clear the way or they're going to challenge him and he'll probably be fouled because they're all going to collapse. But I get it now. I get why he's, I don't know if I should go to the basket because I'm not getting the call. Yeah. And that's so frustrating. Well, on that, it's, it's so, it's for me, it's the, the inconsistency Mm. Uh, of it because on the previous play Jalen Brown had gone to the bucket and had been called that a foul was committed on him when it was clearly all ball like it was the inconsistency across both like if you're gonna call that for Jalen Brown you gotta call it for LeBron and I know you don't want to whistle to end the game and like is it a foul isn't it but if you call it then can't it be reviewed yes so if you don't call it it's like in football when you fumble and you let the play go on that's better because Mm -hmm. if you whistle it dead it's over well that happened this weekend as well right with that forward motion pass and that could have been a run back yeah yeah. So yeah, it's just at what point are the refs part of the game? Because you've said that before, like the refs are part of the game. And I feel strongly about that in certain sports, um, especially like which ones. Well, baseball, I think baseball feels important to have an umpire calling strikes and balls. Um, and it, and I think it makes a better baseball product because More entertaining. It, sure. It does, and it, it leaves the it leaves the pitcher um, and the coaches and the hitters. They have to figure out how the ump is calling the game, and and you go, it's got to be consistent, Catherine. And you have to know that this guy calls it calls it inside, or this guy calls it outside, or this guy calls it high. But if you leave it to AI, I think the game will get worse because it's it will be too perfect and. Um, players will be able to start th- that variable being gone. They'll just be able to have much, be- much better results in prediction. And I just, I just don't think that that's going to be a good product. I'm down for like the the bases being censored. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But and that's just to speed up the game. Sure. And I get well, that's why they want the AI umps anyway. It's just to speed up the game. Artificially intelligent umps to speed it up. But I just think it takes, it just, it lessens the product overall. Yeah. Well, they, well, I wish we could phone a friend right now because Matt, my brother is very into tennis. And he was saying when, cause he was here when the Australian open started and he was saying that this is the first, um, tournament that's been played that they have VAR that has replaced the line mm-hmm. judges, for, um, I'm getting all the terminology wrong, but that has replaced the line judges. So, uh, I, and he was super positive about that change because I think so it too. just takes the human error out of it and just, it makes it so much quicker. Cause mm-hmm. then even if a player like challenge it, I mean, there's nothing to challenge. It's <laughs> nothing to challenge. Well, that's the thing is like, so then if they're going to have an artificially intelligence monitored, um, strike zone, then it has to be the same for everyone. And that's going to have to depend on how the batter stands in the box. And that's going to have to depend on. So like a shorter hitter may not be able to use their shortness to their advantage and have a smaller strike zone. The strike zone would have to be the same. Like they would have to figure that all out, but it, it just takes such an interesting variable out. I'm all for things that are binary um, in this, in this, like the lines and the safe out. And I know it's strike or ball, but you're taking, out a variable of the person swinging or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know it's binary, yeah. but 
I, I think what it is and when it comes down to is like when it's clear and there's no like gray area for interpretation, then that's where it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, it would then- be impossible to be consistent or inconsistent. You're either a perfect or not as a line ref in tennis, right? Like it can't be like, oh, well, they're calling the out balls in. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know, so yeah. that should be totally monitored and that would speed up the game. And also it, it removes the subjectification of those calls in players' eyes, which I think can help them feel, help them transfer their emotions in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. Or else it would be, I would love to see it more in soccer. It's soccer is one of the most frustrating sports of all time for me to watch because of how inconsistent those games are called. Same like with the NBA, you can just tell when there are biases. Okay. So I want to talk about that because I watched winning time. That is one show I got through and I'll tell you why I got through it. I was on an airplane. (laughs) <laughs> but I want well, what what is winning time about just real quick winning time is about um the, the Lakers uh 1979 80 season when Jerry Buss Dr. Jerry Buss buys the team which is just like hilarious how that came to be um the backstory about who he is and you know not a great guy I was imagining like a Dr. Jerry Buss and this is like Dr. Jerry Buss hey baby um yeah like, you know, his shirt has like six buttons on it and he has two buttons. That's uh, what I'm going to oh say boy. about that. Oh boy. And I mean, it's the 70s and the 80s. I, I get it. Uh, a different time. But I will say he, um, you know, he bought the Lakers. It was Magic Johnson's uh, rookie season. And it was just all about them winning the ring that year. But I, OK, but they beat the Celtics. Right. Um, and Larry Bird was also a rookie that year and one rookie of the year. And I was going to basically say that pretty notoriously going into the garden, it's called something else now, is it's bad. I mean, they were making jokes like there's still rats running through like the halls underground. There are dead parts in the floor where the ball just doesn't dribble. And I've been in gyms like that. And it is like everybody kind of knows where those spots are in the gym, but like it's just bad. The fans are ruthless and mean, and the refs are sometimes biased or paid. And I'm sure that plays a part in soccer uh, or football in Europe as well. I mean, these teams are financed by private equity, more or less. I, I can't imagine that not being part of the game when there's so much to win or to lose. Uh, so I can't help but think that that's what went into play here. Uh, Lakers versus Celtics with those yeah. two calls you mentioned. Yeah. And those weren't even the only ones. Those are just the last two. The last two. It was really a big difference. Like four minutes I watched, I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) this is horrible. Gross. Yeah. Well, I just want to touch really quickly because I I listened to um, uh, first take on my run this morning and it was uh, the gentleman, and I don't even know his name, who pushed Patrick Mahomes out of bounds uh, last night. And he, he took full responsibility and I think that's stand-up and just felt so thankful to have his team behind him no matter what. And he's got to learn from it. And his intent, his intent at the time was to try to push Patrick Mahomes back and keep him inbound. And he didn't really know where he was in relation to the line. He's got to do better than that. He's a professional athlete as well. Um, so, you know, is that a good cover story? Maybe. But he went up to the mic and said, I have to do better. I have to learn from this. This hurts really, really badly. I guarantee you he's a competitor and he will not go a day 
for the rest of his living life not thinking about that moment. Yeah, that is so brutal. That moment was so hard to watch. And that you can't, it's hard to say like the play was lost on that game because the Bengals made so many, like they, if they had, they made so many mistakes and they had so many opportunities. The fact that it was tied at the end at the minute to go. And they had, I mean, they had so many opportunities. I know you um, and I talk a lot about who deserves to win. And sometimes it's not our team. Um, yeah. You know, like I still feel strongly like Ohio state deserved to beat uh, Georgia in that game. They played so well and yeah. to, to lose like that. And I feel the same way. Like at the end of the day, Kansas city deserved to win that game yeah. since he made, because since he made those errors, that's yeah. not how you win championships. No. And so I think when you talk about a deservedness that they earned it, yeah. whether it went their way then or in overtime. Yeah. Well, and you even said, you know, at the beginning, like, I, I think since he's going to blow him out and I agree. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. The things no, we no. talk about in text messages, <laughs> the premonitions I make I was, confidently. I was gonna, let me, let me finish. Um, if they had. That's what played, she said. I know. Sorry, I had to do that for Elise. Hi, Elise. We love you. Um, so if they had played the game, like without those mistakes, they would have. I really do believe they would have just Bengals. I know yes. All the, yes. if they would have scored on their opening drive, I think that would have even made a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and speaking about the refs and the uh, 49ers game and <sighs> the Eagles, like there was a play that I think set the tone for the whole game uh, on the first drive that the Eagles had where it was fourth down and uh, Jalen hurts through a long pass. It was like 39 yards and they called it a catch and they all ran up to line, snapped the ball. Two plays later, the Eagles had scored a touchdown. I was like, there's no way he caught that ball. The, like the way that he's acting after the fact, like I yeah. don't up to the line. I was like, there's that no way. That was a telltale sign. Yeah. And they didn't challenge it. The refs didn't challenge it. 49ers didn't challenge it. I mean, it was way too early in the game. To yeah, lose but the Chiefs challenge. had a challenge a very first quarter of the game and they didn't That's overturn true. it. Right. It's like, Yeah. So, but they found an angle where an angle where it, it was clear that he didn't catch the ball, uh, and I think that really set the tone. Well, not only <laughs> that, but like you can't help but say, well, the events of Brock Purdy getting hurt may not have even happened because they would have been in a completely different time and place. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, we the the coulda shoulda would have in in sport are they could make a whole thirty for thirty on that. That would be <sighs> just actually really interesting. Disney, don't you, don't you dare steal my idea. <laughs> don't you dare do it has that happened before yeah they did uh they didn't steal my idea but it's one they should have bought when they were launching cars three which had i done this and then our kids be so obsessed with mcqueen it would have just been a feather in my cap but i pitched a marketing idea to do a 30 for 30 but using the cars land world as the scape and like doing it or like just that would have been so good. Thanks, honey. I mean, people want content, and that would have just been so good. Ugh. Still send this to Disney and say, we have an idea for you. I know. Well, I think it's pretty hard to cut another 30 minutes of animation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were even finished with the film. The film I saw was like just alpha channel animation with poor sound. But whatever. <laughs> we know the sound comes last. Anyway, we got to keep moving. Um who do you have for the Super Bowl? Like, who are, let's just money line this. Let's not even, I don't who, know. Who do you favorite? want to win and who do you think is going to win? 
Oh, I want the Eagles to win. I want Jalen Hurts as a rookie. To he's not a rookie. Oh, I consider him a rookie. Anything within his like J- Joe Burrow to me is still a rookie. Like I know he's okay, but not. You know he's not a rookie. It's his third year. Yes, correct, correct. Um, as a young quarterback, I want Jalen Hurts to win. I also have family friends who are Eagles fans. Shout out to the Keaties. Um, and I just would love it to be from Minnesota's division. Um, mm. Do I think that's going to happen? I think it's possible. I think the Eagles could win. I do. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I, they've got a similar situation. Like I was really impressed annoyingly with uh, the defense uh, for the chiefs because they haven't shown up like that all year. And I'm, I'm sure part of it was like, you got to come because Patrick has his high ankle sprain and like, we're not going to tell the media that it's bad or it's good or whatever. We're just going to go out there. But dude um, is hobbling around the field. I know. I know. Limping like crazy. All the more reason to rally your defense, right? And they played out of their mind. How many sacks? They had three sacks on Joe Burrow in the first quarter. So, you know, Jalen has got running in his game as well. Uh, more so than Joe Burrow, even he's more of a pocket traditional passer. But I would say, like, if they can come and play that type of defense, it's going to be rowdy. Uh, I I don't really have a horse in this race, but I do like Sirianni as a coach. Uh, he's got some stuff to prove, some demons to kind of prove. Uh, I like Andy Reid too. You know, I don't think I have a problem with anybody on their teams on either team. Our pediatrician is a is a Chiefs fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we want her to be happy. Yes, that's true. We get better care. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think the other, I mean, cool story, uh, the Kelsey brothers are that's, matching that's up. That's a good story. That's so a good story. Travis Kelsey and his brother, um, Eagles, Chiefs matchup that I'm sure will be really difficult for his parents, their parents. <laughs> oh, that's true. I mean, yeah. What my mom says, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. So you're not going to be happy that day and they should just get ready for that. Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough one. Tough one to swallow. <laughs> I actually don't care about the game, which is annoying, right? They both have won a championship within the last 10 years, if not earlier. Within the last five years. Both of them? Yeah, Foles, 2018 Foles was, was the last. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like, you know, whatever. Um. It is whatever. Rihanna's playing and she'll be there and she'll win. I'm sure she'll win. (laughs) (laughs) That's Jordan's MVP. No doubt. All right. We have a couple things um, we want to talk about. A quick lead in to women's sports is just the excitement around expansion. Yeah. So uh, my favorite type of soccer to watch. So the frustrating ones, the men's soccer, although can be equally Never equally, but sometimes just as frustrating on the women's side. The NWSL has announced their expansion into three new teams, which sets the league at 15 teams, which is really exciting for 2023. So it's going to Boston, Utah, and San Francisco Bay Area. Woohoo! Uh, I'm really excited. That's all. I mean, it'll be three California teams. No, I mean, I'm excited too. I, I, anytime there's expansion, that means that there's demand and or people that are willing and wanting to invest in a women's sport. And that alone is exciting. Now, expansion is great. Demand is great. That means there's money there. And that means that we need to take Brianna Stewart's demand and make it fucking actionable. And um, 
Can you back up on what the demand is? I wanted you to fill that in. I wanted you to say, well, the demand is. <laughs> I'm still working on the cues. The social cues for me are, are lagging behind a bit. Um, but Brianna Stewart is a player in the WNBA, so switching sports over to basketball. Um, and she currently plays for the Seattle Storm, famously Sue Bird, um, retired from there last year. Uh, and she's actually a free agent this year, Brianna Stewart, and she's one of the best players in the WNBA. And she's narrowed down her choices of next place to go and sign as either staying with the Storm or going over to the New York Liberty, which my favorite player plays at, Sabrina Ionescu, uh, a University of Oregon alum and prolific player. Um, but Brianna went to Twitter and has made some noise about the fact that the WNBA doesn't have charter flights for their athletes. Uh, and it's pretty bad. So all of the demands that the WMA places on their bodies, um, on these athletes, and they're historically underpaid. Um, we all watched what happened to Brittany Griner going over to Russia to play and then um, being detained there for as long as she was. Um, so she basically went to Twitter and said, I want to start a fund for charter, like being able to charter flights for WNBA players. Who's in? And a lot of people raise their hands. Um, there's speculation that where she ends up signing could come down to could, can the team get charter flights for the athletes, um, which would be a, a fun, interesting. Uh, I just want it to be equitable though, no? Yeah, no, I would love for every team to invest in that. Yeah, I just, I you, uh, speaking of coulda, shoulda, wouldas, it's just like if, if NBA, if WNBA had the same and the players had the same care, one, Brittany Griner wouldn't be in the situation to needing to play in Russia financially. And then second of all, yeah. she'd have she'd have charter, which probably would have kept her from having to go through the same rigmarole that commercial passengers do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, mean, I think it's what I love is seeing. Um, what's that, honey? Go ahead. I was trying to skim an article for more context as you were speaking, um, but that, that didn't pan out for me. Oh, well, I was I was excited mostly to see the, the NBA players jumping on this bandwagon. And Chris Paul is a pretty actionable, actionable action-oriented guy to make things happen. And Isn't he I'm the president kind of, of the NBA Players Association? He, he was. I don't know if he still is, but he definitely was. And he's uh, got a lot of respect in that role uh, and set, uh, set an example for that role. But I was trying to actually Google myself. We're Googlers. Um, there was a Baylor athlete, I thought, who spoke up during the final four or the, the NCAA tournament talking about the different weight rooms for men versus women. This was maybe like five or six years ago. I thought for a second it was Brianna Stewart. It's not, but it was a Pac-12 athlete actually. Was it Oregon? Baylor. Yep. No, I thought it was Oregon. Oh, was it? I'm going to fact check this right now. I mean, you know, my mom will do it. By the way, a Stetson's a hat, not a gun. I get texts. So I just basically get texts randomly several days sometimes after episodes are dropped that are that are clearly fact checking the episode. And I have I have no context that she's watching and or listening and, and is now going to fact check the episode. But don't worry, the facts come in. The facts come in and it's usually perfectly timed as to a time when I literally just don't want to hear it. And, um, you know, but don't worry. I, uh, also need to mention that I had, I had many, 
uh, male coaches. Uh, she wanted me to make sure that I mentioned that I had, I had really great male coaches. I had mainly, I had only women coaches in basketball, but my softball coaches were all men. They were wonderful. And, um, I had a volleyball coach that was a man. Wonderful. So anyway, men are great coaches too, uh, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not, yeah. I guess they were, they're great, but they I'm are, just saying it makes a difference. Obviously I firstly remembered my women coaches just saying. Yes. And it was directly related to talking about representation in coaching. Uh, yes. so that yes. was, that was why I can yes. see how that would be the, the top of mind for you. Okay. Last episode, we talked about how we weren't going to let our kids play certain sports and you didn't bring it up on the, um, we were talking about Damar Hamlin and all that, and you didn't bring it up on the podcast, but you had an insight after the fact that I think is really important. Yeah, I was, uh, more like self-reflection of the comment and wondering if, and I don't have an answer, uh, except for like just the, the reflection part. I wonder if saying like my kid, I'm not going to let my kid play or do that thing is coming from an immense place of privilege to be able to say like, like he can't, like he can't do that thing. Um, I, I wonder if someone without the resources and means would be able to say like, yeah, yeah, no, no, you're not going to do that dangerous thing. Um, one, whether they would be around to give that guidance or two, have the resources to channel them into something else um, that would be less dangerous for them. Yeah. And I'll, I'll yes and that. Yes, we can say you can't do that. And here we're going to pay, you know, $500 a month for polo lessons but <laughs> and, and buy you a horse or something. I mean, we can't do that, but you know, you get the gist, but also I'm don't, I'm not considering our child's, our children's athletic prowess as potential means to getting our entire family out of poverty in 18 years when they get name and likeness deals and they get into the NFL, you know, like mm -hmm. that's some, for some people that is their, everything is riding on that, you know, look at LeBron James period. Mm -hmm. He, he was his mom wasn't in a good state, job to job. They lived in a, a trailer park community in, in East Akron and him moving forward has completely changed the trajectory of their lives through sport. Has he said that he got into sport because he wanted to give his family a different path? I don't think that's why you get into it. But I think that that is why you invest in what you do invest in from a time perspective. Like, I think there's a certain point where you, where you might see your child's potential and go all in on that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, actually, King uh, Richard, oh, they didn't just pop to piss in. Well, they weren't, they weren't completely poor, but he did everything. He brought them pretended they had lessons at Beverly Hills Tennis Center just so they could get into a coach. To, he did everything because that's not only were they great athletes, but he saw at a certain point that they had a mark, they were marketable mm -hmm. and there was, there weren't black women in tennis yeah. and they were fucking good. Yeah. And I want to expand the word privilege for a sec, because I think that people 
poverty is experienced by more than just people of color. Um, of course. And I know there are a lot of people, and this is just to say out loud, I know there are people who, uh, while systems of power and privilege are given to them because of their race, they can still experience poverty and hardship. And they may view sports as, so when I say like the privilege, I'm not meaning like if you're from like a a black family or, or you're from a, a family of color that you are in this position. But um, yeah, I just wanted to expand on no, that. No, no. I mean, you, you make a great point. And I don't know if you read the headline about the actor who is up for uh, an Oscar or a Golden Globe. He came from 14, he's a white gentleman, and he came from 14 uh, uh, homes. What is it called when you're, he was an orphan. He was adopted and he had to move 14 different times. Now he, re- he recalls every family treating him well, but that, that is poverty in itself. And you're, hard you're, you're, yeah, it's, it's, you're, you're poor in some capacity, whether that is family or money or opportunity. Um, so it's just, it's just interesting what these types of opportunity can do to change literally a, a gener- it's generational wealth at its finest. Yeah. Yeah. And what systems people have access to. Um, I would also say like, it's almost like systems were de- designed like these sports, like you could say they're gladiator esque. So it's like yeah. something that's like, and it has incredible, like we need to talk about this way more than the time we have um, because it's like gladiator style, like the health consequences of playing sports like football are, can be extreme. Oh, um, yeah. So it's almost like, hey, here's this opportunity, but it has these terrible. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. This so like you're ma- you're the man in the arena. Yeah. And you exactly. may die here, but yep. the potential is yep. exponential. But you yep. may die here. Exactly. That's fucked Whereas, up. Isn't that opportunities in other areas, you know, that the system has created like are less so. But anyways. I, wow. Yeah. yeah. No, lots to say on that topic. All right. Two things. MVP of the day. MVP of the day is a new thing. Woo! Programming. Way to go, producer. Who is our MVP of the day? So our MVP actually goes to Taylor Swift for her uh, representation. As we're talking about this theme of representation and why it matters. So Taylor Swift has a new music music video out that um, released, I believe, last week. Uh, her Lavender Haze music video. And she cast a trans man as her love interest in the music video, which has gotten, I mean incredible reviews and it's just so amazing to see someone of her fame and influence um, put a trans person on um, on that stage and give them that representation so not sports related but important representation to have um, for 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 anybody I just have to say it's so funny watching all those congress people quoting Taylor Swift in the live nation deposition (laughs) Ticketmaster, Catherine. Oh, man. Well, Live Nation Oof. is owned by Ticketmaster. Well, they're never going to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> is that how we're going to go out? I think we have to leave. No, no. Wait. I just want to tease. We have a, we have an episode. We have our first guest of the season two coming up uh, in a couple of weeks or a week or whenever we get there. We are going to be talking to Sydney Benner. She is a fitness like Sydney Bellina? You oh my god, I used her maiden name. Sydney Bellina. 
yes, she is, she's created her own. Wait, I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> it went away. Fuck. You noticed that I didn't try to steal it from you either. I know it. it was in the back of my mind that you were gonna fuck me up on that, which is why I, don't, I think I didn't. I tried to look into the light. It didn't work. Anyway, Sydney Benner, she she is a fitness inspiration. She's a fitness instructor. She has created her own fitness methodology. She has um, done all kinds of stuff with cool um, people. Uh, and just like, I don't know, the biggest fucking heart. You know, I just can't wait to talk to her about how she got where she's going, how it's how it's like to manage and run her own business. Um and yeah, just incredibly excited to to talk with her. And I hope y'all are excited too. Anyway, peace out. We gotta run. Refs blew the whistle on this one. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>